There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name's Richard Porry. I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello again. How are you? I'm all right. It's been a, it's been a. We had a sort of a, a colourful distraction from the, the horrors of Brexit, didn't we, with the royal wedding? I mean, to be fair, even GDPR is a colourful <laughs> distraction from the horrors oh. of Brexit. But um, yes, that but is yes. very true. Well, um, well, well, let's get your thoughts on the royal wedding. I really liked it when um, I really liked Elton John's. Uh, face when <laughs> Megan's preacher came on. He was brilliant, that preacher. Uh, he was good, yeah. He should, we should get him on here. Yeah, we should. That'd be fantastic. Well, Brexit should hire him, shouldn't they? Yeah. Imagine how much smoother the whole Brexit campaign would go if he, there he was with his tambourine. Wasn't but, the whole uh, thing just lovely? It, what, GDPR yep. or Brexit or <laughs> the Royal Wedding? It I was, hope you've done your GDPR test. I've, I have done my GDPR test. I got a gold medal for it on the Everyone arch. Everyone who passes gets a gold medal. No, they don't. Yes, Some they do. people get a silver That's and not bronze. true. Well, I did got you a fail, gold medal. Did you fail any of the elements? I've failed no modules of this. No. Whatever. Right, we're going to do the news now. I'm going to talk to Jerry in a little bit as well about Ireland. Yeah. She's been pondering Ireland all week, she tells she? me. So she's going to come and have a chat. Just then drinking will... Guinness. <laughs> yeah, well, it might well be that. Um, and then we will do Brexit of the week. But first off, the poor old Tories—they've been told no early holidays. They can't go on holiday. Yeah, they can't. Boris Johnson can't even go on holiday on these, the colourful new plane that he's demanding. To be honest, though, he's been away, hasn't he, this week? And he looks like he's been on holiday. Basically, he's been to Buenos Aires. Yeah, he's struck in a manatee or something. He and, was, yeah, and just sort of walking about. Yes. It did just look like a bit of a lad's holiday, didn't it? It did. It looked, uh, yeah, it looked brilliant. And he managed to go to Argentina without, you know, causing an international incident, didn't it, he? It might be his most successful trip of all time. I like the idea of him getting his own plane, though. That's quite good, isn't it? You've seen his, he wants a, a special yeah. Brexit plane and he yeah. doesn't want it to be grey like the, the RAF one that so, they can use sometimes. <clears throat> Does he want it to be a sort of... The uh, Dumbo Jet, I thought they could call it. <laughs> Not so much jet. a Lear Jet as a Liar Jet. Oh, good, good. Very good. Uh, that's all my jet-related yeah. puns right. for all this your, week. Oh, your um, joke's done. He, he'd, want it in a, he'd want a union union flag, wouldn't he? Yes, he would, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you remember when Maggie covered... She was hired to unveil the new... And she covered it up with a napkin. <laughs> the the beard. God bless her. It was brilliant, wasn't it? Was it? Brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, they've been told that they, they must not take holiday early because... Because... Massive showdown. There's going to be a big in showdown in the but Commons. The EU withdrawal bill is going to be brought before the Commons. And they're going to try and get, get it out before June, basically. Or at least well, early by, yeah. June. In early, uh, sorry, early, early July, possibly. That's yeah. right. So they've, but they've told <laughs> them that it's, the votes are going to be held in, in June, haven't they? Um, that's right. Although, first week, first week back... Um, it's not on. It's not on the schedule. So they it's will, not. No. no. Um, but do you think they might just sneak it on? Just say oh, we've had all. Oh, like, change to the running order. <laughs> no, I don't think they will. Are they not allowed uh, to do that? No, I don't know. No, not really. Um, I like the fact that um, <clears throat> Julian Smith, who's now the chief whip, yeah, had apparently made the case for postponing all of this till everyone had had a lovely summer holiday oh, in Provence in, yeah. in August. Yeah. And an unnamed cabinet minister. Called him a bedwetter and in, insisted that it had to be in June. And I'm just struggling to think of a cabinet minister who's such an overgrown schoolboy that he would use those kind of boarding school insults. Um, I just, <laughs> Who could it possibly I, be? I have no idea. They might have a point though. This does, does look like what, he wets the bed. 
Well, I don't. I've do never shared a bed done? with Julian Smith. Let's hope he hasn't got an electric blanket. Well, I know. Yeah. Um, but it may, but it is a bit bedwetterish. Oh, can we go on holiday first? Because this is going to be tough for him. First, yeah. Because I yeah. reckon that only thirteen Tory MPs. Yes. Need to walk through opposition lobby to to defeat the government. Well, aren't there thirteen Tory MPs who voted for this last time? When they well, have yeah. the non-binding yeah. vote on it, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you just if you think about um, if you look at the customs union, yeah, this is what we're talking about. The customs union, then, then when when that amendment comes down, it's, these numbers obviously will go will move about. But if you take into account the Labour levers, yeah, and I reckon thirteen would do it for the government. I think they'd be done for, and that could very well happen. Absolutely, it? it could be more than that. Yeah. It really could. Well, so, fingers crossed, everyone. Well, I mean, it's going to be a high drama. It's going to be great theatre, isn't it, when we finally get these back? I think there's there's fifteen. There was fifteen. There were fifteen. Movies. Yeah. Some of them are reasonably minor, I think, and will probably not cause government too much trouble. But there is some real biggies in there that are going to. Uh, yeah. 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 So it's a big showdown. It's it is. Exciting. It's. It's. Forget the World Cup. This is the one. The real action is going to be in the House of Commons this summer. Ooh. Early summer. That's exciting. Sound like it? I'm doing a voiceover for a movie or something. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Coming this summer. Coming this summer. <clears throat> yeah, so that's going to be good. The, uh, of course, um, I'd like to see Gary Lineker commentating yeah, on doing yeah. the analysis. That'd be good. Uh, be this good. does assume, of course, that Labour actually want to defeat the government in well. uh, <laughs> because Corbyn. Is, well, he's opposed to the EEA, isn't he? And yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. he's so, opposed to anything. Yeah. Opposed to everything and anything, and always has been. He's opposed to all ac- acronyms, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Especially ones with E at the start. Of it's them. been a long anti-acronym campaign. And we found out, didn't we, this week that um, the Labour Labour's sort of exciting new Brexit committee, which they which they formed, and then Keir Starmer sort of as the Brexit um, as the, the the Brexit secretary, the shadow Brexit shadow secretary, attempted to steer this Brexit committee in a way that Seamus Milne didn't like so so Seamus Milne has basically not allowed the yeah. committee to meet since February I mean that but that is fairly typical Labour Corbyn Labour way of dealing with things oh yeah it is <laughs> yeah. it goes away and it'll probably be all right and we'll all be queuing up for bread yeah, yeah. Well, it's not really hoping it goes away, is it? It's like the. It's just yeah. Like it's like the the when you know when, when there was an attempt to have a meaningful vote on this at the on what Brexit, Labour's Brexit strategy should be at the last Labour conference, conference yeah, they yeah, just yeah. blocked it, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, um, there we go. It's, uh, it will be fascinating to see oh, whether Labour good. are um, bedwetters as well as Julian Smith. It's going to be the bedwetters will be outed. Outed, yeah, yeah, they will named, yeah. named and shamed. Yeah, that could be that could be the headline. We, we're, I'm thinking front pages now. Are you? No, <laughs> but we could. That'd be a great front. We'll put bedwetters and then put all their heads on there. Yes, exactly. Get the editor in here. He's bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the comment the exiting the European Union oh, yeah. select committee what as they well. Been up to? I've just dropped a watching dropped Hillary a, Ben one. try and <laughs> try and talk to the drop one. <laughs> Dropped a hot one. Oh no! Dear, oh dear. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm, I'm trying to talk like the youth. Yeah, are you? Well, yeah. I'm not sure they say things like that. But I'm, um, I'm woke. When watching it comes you to are it. woke. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you are woke. Um, uh, watching Hillary Ben try and get a yes and no answer out of Suella Fernandez or yeah. Suella. What's she called now? Yeah. Suella, she got married, didn't she? Braverman or something like that. <laughs> Suella Deville. If only. That would have been brilliant. If she'd married Mink Deville, who did the Spanish stroll, or was Suella Deville. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I think I've... Yeah, but trying to get... trying to him, Watching him try and drag uh, a yes or no answer out of Suella Fernandez or Suella Braverman, I think she is called. Yeah. Um, yesterday was just remarkable. He was asking her... Um, he was asking her whether we'd put any conditions on paying the EU the money. You know, we're paying them this sort of divorce bill, mm-hmm. aren't we? And mm-hmm. he sort of went, and have we, yes or no? And she went, well, it's a difficult... And he went, well, yes or no? And so, you know, space on Newsnight awaits, even if uh, Hillary Ben is deselected. Well, what the, what the committee have said, they've... they've 
they dropped this report. Um, they dropped a report. Dropped a, dropped a hot report. Like a like what like Kanye's <laughs> dropping a new. I don't, know, I don't know where this is. They just dropped a new report. I feel like it. it basically, it's clearly a twenty-three-year-old has taken over my. This is brilliant. It, well, it's funny that isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's funny that you've got a twenty-three-year-old in your brain. <laughs> what uh, on earth does that mean? So Explain you yourself. The cross-party Commons exiting the European Union Committee. Yeah. That's not their full title. I added the cross-party bit. But it's important. It is, yeah. Because they've had a real go at the government. They've said that... um, Ooh. Yeah. They've said that the only viable option is for us to extend the current arrangement uh, with regards to the uh, trading and customs arrangements. Yes. uh, Beyond, you know... 2020 and beyond. Yes. <clears throat> now, there has been some whispers about this actually around, haven't there? Yeah, well, I think, they... the, I think that's probably where we're going. But the fact that they're saying that the reason for it is that the government have just done nothing. Yeah, They've just that's right. d- not done anything. Um, yes. Let me see if I can read out some of the uh, some of the quotes. Oh, in the report, which is a hot report, by the way. A hot report. Yeah, They've really dropped a hot report. Yeah. They've dropped it like it was hot. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the... They say it was highly unsatisfactory that ministers had yet to agree on the trading and customs arrangements they yeah. wanted to achieve after Brexit. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not startlingly obvious, but uh, but it needs to be said, doesn't it? They, there's disagreement in cabinet over which options to pursue, um, and the European Union <laughs> rejected both proposals on the ground that they're unworkable. That's something that Theresa May just seems to be ignoring as well. Isn't it, it, is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, this is actually what is going to have to happen. And the reason is, if the Brexiteers don't like it, the reason is that their Brexity government haven't got their act together. No, that's true. And um, and it's worth... I was reading a blog just before we started recording this, and I don't know if, whether you've read this or, or you have a um, new European listener uh, at home, but... Um, but there's a there's I saw the links to this blog and I was I was reading it just before we came on and it said uh, uh, the I forget the headline it says some but it's got the phrase Brexit is a shambles in it which I tend to uh, attracted me and it says the government's nominal policy which it put in its manifesto and has repeated many times is to leave the single market and the customs union. This requires preparing to be a third country for the purposes of EU law, building all the infrastructure and facilities that are normal around the world to manage trade. This process should have started before triggering Article 50, but the government has irretrievably botched this. Uh, Having botched it, it could have partially recovered by starting to do it afterwards, but no such action has been taken. In short, the state has made no preparations to leave and plans to make no preparations to leave even after leaving. And then he goes on to say, ask yourselves, what happens when the country sees you've simultaneously, A, handed over tens of billions for f*** all, as they say in focus groups, B, failed to do anything about unskilled immigration, C, persecuted the high-skilled immigrants, such as scientists who the public want you to be more welcoming to, and D, failed to deliver on the nation's number one priority, funding for the NHS. Uh, And the author of that, is Dominic Cummings who yeah. read the, the vote leave the led the vote leave campaign? He, I mean, and it's absolutely it's not the first time he's written. The, these blogs are very long, by the way. Aren't they? they are two. It's about two thousand words. That oh, the other one was like thirty thousand. Um, but he, I mean, he is. There's a quite a bit in it. Critical. I didn't disagree. I, I didn't agree with, but that I agree yeah, with every there, word of. There is, there is. He's hugely, hugely critical of the way the government's handling it, and uh, that is about. You're quite right. Where we, where our um, common. Yeah, yeah, ground yeah. ends, but um, that's right. I think that there is growing anger among even the most Brexity of Brexiteers about how the government are handling this. Yes, because it's is. just going to be a massive <laughs> off fudge. Well, it is. Yeah, I'd and like it, some a massive <laughs> off bit of fudge. Would you? I would. Yeah, although as we well, discussed I'll dash before, out and get you <laughs> as we, just plain fudge for me or rum and raisin. Yes. I'm not an adventurous fudge man. No, um, I've got a few of his records. Adventurous fudge man. I think he's good, isn't he? Three more from him later, as John Pilly used to say, adventurous <laughs> yeah. fudge man. Um, anyway, so the the commit so Dominic Cummings thinks this is being handled really badly. The Brexit Committee thinks it's being handled really badly. Um, the the most sensible thing would call the whole thing off. Yeah, and there is a group, isn't there? There's a shadowy group. Oh yes, who've been exposed <laughs> by the Daily Mail. Brilliant, this is amazing, isn't it? Well, I don't know really how shadowy they are because they send me about well, 15 emails a day. I know, uh, yeah. And if you ring them up and ask them what they want to achieve, what do they say? 
Yeah, I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? Front page of the Daily Mail on Thursday is this incredible scoop of sort of Woodward and Bernstein proportions <laughs> that, that this, there's a group called Best for Britain who are a pro-Remain group fighting to keep the UK open to EU membership. And I discovered this... Um, earlier on by going to their website where it says we are a pro-Remain group fighting to keep the UK open to EU membership. And I could only think that the next thing will be... I mean, imagine what, the, what, you're, what you're reading now on, on um, what, what we might read in, in the few days ahead, you know. The, it could, what, what next? Will we expose Wiley Coyote's <laughs> plans to thwart the roadrunner by offering free birdseed? It is an extraordinary... Disney's cunning plan to make more money by releasing a film about Han Solo. Exposed! <laughs> it is an extraordinary front. Because you could you could, you basically could have done this front at any time for the last six months. Well, or longer. It's not really news, is it? It's not news at all, but... Um, the real reason it's on the front is not this. It's Soros, isn't it? It is Soros, yeah. Who, as we know, is foreign. He's not he's, like us, is he's it? He's foreign. Yeah. He's rich. Yeah. I mean, he's everything that we should despise. Well, that's and what he the wants Daily to thwart the will of the people. There's, the language is, is extraordinary and really revolting, isn't it? Thwart, subvert, sabotage. There's a good bit that says, that says if, if, if Best for Britain succeed, this would throw Brexit into chaos. Yeah, because obviously it's, <laughs> it's been all plain sailing so got, far, hasn't it? Have you it? got the printout of the whole article? I haven't got the printout of the whole Very strange article. intro as well. But it is very good. Um, no, it's garbage. And frankly, I'm pretty sure, I, I think it was the deputy political editor who wrote it, I'm pretty sure he was fairly embarrassed when he was asked to write that and put his name to it, to be yeah. honest. Um, because, you know, every political journalist in the country has known what they're about and what they're, trying to, uh, and what they're trying to achieve for months and months and months. And if the Daily Mail had have rung them a week ago and said, can we have any literature you've got on what you're trying to achieve, yeah. they would have sent it to them. It's not, yeah. not leaked. They've, got, they called it leaked. they've basically got a, a strategy document, haven't they? A 26-page strategy yeah. document, which is not really dissimilar to anything that's on their website. No, anyway. no, it will just be absolutely that. I just, you know, maybe the internal contradictions of being a massive Brexiteer and then also a man who, as a farmer and landowner, trousers a massive wedge in EU subsidies has just made... Paul Dacre's brain just explode. But, but oh, then, this I, is I great. Mister Dacre's not had a great week, has he? Because there was that bizarre Lords splash as well. What oh was yeah, 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 yeah. That was very odd, wasn't it? I'll, it quoted Richard Tice, didn't it? Yeah. From Leave Leave Means Leave. Leave Means Leave. And it, I think, say that to me quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, Leave. That's right. Yeah. And I think. Um, I think that every time you have a quote from Leave Means Leaves Richard Tice, it, sh it should open with stop, collaborate and listen. <laughs> Tice is back with a brand new invention. Yeah. Vanilla Tice. Vanilla. Think how much more popular his Brexiteer views would be if he styled himself as Vanilla Tice and had the old backwards baseball cap Tice, and just Tice, wrapped it up. He said, shamefully, these people want to deny the poorest in our society from benefiting the most from Brexit, it's just, which I, is I, I, as I, hilarious I, as anything <laughs> ever said by Vanilla Ice. Um, the, good, the other good thing about it, while we're on the subject of this, uh, is uh, there were 33 paragraphs of this extraordinary guff with, containing no surprises whatsoever, and there was a, a bottom of the article, there's a blob, and then it's and it says and there's two paragraphs, and it says MPs were warned yesterday that post Brexit red tape could cost businesses up to twenty billion pounds a year. Yes, very funny. And that is not from Best of Britain. That's from the Chief Executive of HM Revenue uh, and Customs. Uh, uh. And it got two paragraphs at the bottom of a thirty-three paragraph story, which outlined every uh, you know everything that everybody already knows. It's a, a very, well very, done. very strange media environment. It right certainly now. is. Snap election. Well, what now? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, all right, fine. Yeah, right. I'm up for it. Yeah, no thanks. No, uh, nine danker. Um, <laughs> it's good. Got another it? one. That's Would my you, render impression. It's good. I've just seen somebody on uh, Twitter, and it, um, it, it it may have been a response to the new European, but it might just have been a random punter who said that they had. They became. They achieved the age of majority um, in 2015, and so and now so far they've voted in one huge election every year. 2015, the referendum, obviously, 
2017, and now they're, they're going to do it. I mean, I think... Um, I can't get believe that there's going to be a snappy election, can you? Well, I think because the so the favourability ratings are, are starting to turn starting to turn against Corbyn. Yes. Um, and I mean they're both massively negative still. I think yes. she's like minus forty two, and he's like I'm maybe not that minus thirty two, and he's about minus forty. But they're going in the right direction for the Tories. Um, back towards zero favourability, yes. <laughs> which is still pretty bad, surely. <laughs> Zero favourability. <laughs> We've made it. We've done it. <laughs> Top of the world, Ma. But I think what some of the um, what some of the backbenchers, uh, some of the backbenchers are certainly thinking that autumn could be the time. Theresa May surely doesn't want to do it again, but she will also be thinking, oh, if I could just get a worker one majority, then that would cement my. Um, Authority, and I could carry on and see it through, and I wouldn't have to worry about these Brexiteers or remain. That's what she thought last time, isn't it? No, it's it's exactly. But last time, she had a massive, massive favorability lead. Yeah, yeah, twenty points, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Um, So it's just too dangerous, and it was just whittled down. And and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think don't MPs have to vote for this to happen? Two thirds. Of them Two thirds ha- of uh-huh. all MPs have to vote for yeah. there to be yeah, a of the six fifty. So it's not even a simple majority. So, no. so theoretically, if you were a Labour or I mean, I guess all Labour and They'd Liberals whipped, yeah. there, they'd just be whipped. Ooh. And then, um, but if you were a Tory, Tory in a marginal, in a tiny little marginal, in and you were a, a bit worried having seen that twenty seat, twenty point, if you uh, were Amber Rudd. Yeah, you wouldn't be that keen, would you? No, no. I think that, but but the numbers would. Well, I suppose all Labour, I suppose all the opposition would vote against it. Numbers would be there. Would vote for it rather. I think they could. They could do that. Um, So yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any will at all, though. Really, Boris ruled it out, didn't he? I think it'd be a dangerous thing, very dangerous thing for her to do, because as we know, Corbyn's not having a good time, in my opinion, at the moment. But he is good on the stump. Yeah, on the stump. <laughs> he's just any stump or yep. Yeah, okay. And he's good on a stump. He is good. I'd like I, to see him. Well, we we did, didn't we? Not only a year ago. Um, and Theresa May isn't. Theresa May isn't. No. Um, so I think we. I don't think there is going to be a snap election. Not now or not. No, this I don't year. think so. I, I stick to this time next year. Once once we've got over the yeah well, Independence that, Day. Once we've got past Independence Day, Reese Mogg said no as well, and he said uh, he said it it it, it re- reminds me of the quote: "A fool returneth to his folly," and um, and it's that is one time that I'd actually have liked it if Reese Mogg had talked for a bit longer because the actual quote from from the Bible Proverbs I looked this up earlier on. Okay. Is uh, is as a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. Brilliant! It's good. It's a great. It's, it's always stuck in my mind that. So um, no, it's good. Um, uh, but be, it would have been really good if he'd said, "Well, that's a bit like a, when a dog returneth to his own vomit." That is actually exactly what it is. It would it? be it's a yeah. perfect analogy for it. Yes. Not uh, that we're calling Theresa May a dog. No. Not at all. Well, maybe we should change the wording then. Yeah, like a daft in over her head prime minister returneth to her vomit. Returneth to her vomit. Yeah. But the idea of yes, the idea of a snap election as vomit is good. But what a, what a, what a week it's been. Well, it, it, it's I think everyone is just geared up now to getting this bill back in the back in the house, and we're going to see some real fireworks then. We are. Yeah, it's going to be great fun. Fire actual fireworks. Well, let's hope not. But, you know, Guy Fawkes and all that. That would be good. No, it would be bad. Do you think there's any chance of Jeremy Corbyn changing his mind in any way <laughs> or doing anything that isn't out of the ordinary? What, with regards to the, the bill? Yeah. Or just in general? No, just in general. Like yeah. He starts wearing... On the stump. ...flared, yeah. flared sequin trousers. Yeah. Uh, well, he doesn't change his mind, does he? I mean, that's the Telegraph no. splash from Thursday. Jeremy Corbyn doesn't change his mind. Yes, that's Sh- right. That should have been point and ends. Yeah. Um, that was on the... on the not uniting, changed his mind about Ireland. Not changed his mind about uniting Ireland. In Jeremy's head, it must be 
difficult because he loves nothing more than beating Tories. Yes. Well, maybe beating Blairites, but he, you know, he'll he'll desperately want to see the government fail. But there are some bits that he doesn't actually want. You know, he doesn't actually want. He doesn't actually want. He, he's Brexity. Hmm. That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no getting away from it. I've said it a million times. He's well Brexity. He yeah. is well Brexity. He's probably got like a bulldog tattoo. Secret <laughs> bulldog tattoo. Do you reckon? I think he probably has. Yeah. <laughs> Down the spoons. <laughs> What's his local spoons? He's in... got take back control written across in the <laughs> old gangster script, the old two pack. Yeah, like that. instead of thug life, he's yeah. got take back control. That'd be amazing if he had. What tattoo would Theresa May have? Oh, I don't know. She have like a a little, maybe just a little, a little um, ear of wheat. Yes, to, that's to what remember, I was thinking. To remember, reminder oh, yeah. of her. Well. You don't know, do you? <laughs> Where would she have it? On her shoulder, maybe. It could be on her back, on the back of her so shoulder. So when she's yeah. wearing a strappy dress on her walking holidays, then for, yeah, we could have it. A, a old, um, what's he called, Arthur Askey can, yeah, give it a little <laughs> rubbing. Yeah, I would put a slap some suntan lotion on my. That's right. On my tat. <laughs> <laughs> Righto, I'm going to speak to Jerry next. Steve will return with Brexit of the week in just a short while. Stay angry, fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting Podcast One or order online at our website www.neweuropean.co.uk Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Welcome back. I'm joined by Jerry. How are you doing, Jerry? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about Ireland. Let's talk about Ireland. Yeah. So you, you, you've been puzzling over this for a few days. I mean, you talk me through what you've been researching. I have. Well, you can please know I've had some time off work, and when I am off work, all I do is puzzle the intricacies of what we're going to do about Brexit. Yes, of course. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's a there's a bit of a problem with. Um, the rights of Irish people um, to live and work in the UK and what's going to happen after Brexit. Right. So I'm going to just... I, I, I haven't come across this, so <laughs> I'm going to just quiz you. Oh, God. Go so on. surely... Like mastermind in here. Surely the rights of Irish citizens are exactly the same or now and will therefore be exactly the same after Brexit as the rights of all other EU citizens. No, so it's different. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you're right. At the moment, they've got the same rights. But um, there's this thing called the common travel area. And between basically... I- between Ireland and, and the UK. Yeah, okay. and there are these rights that date back right to, you know, 1922. And it means that, um, basically, we, we regard Irish people as settled here from, from day one. Um, they've got access to all benefits and services and, you know, the NHS and they can work here and and things like that. Um, so, so that's kind of the situation at the moment. Right. So w- will that change after Brexit? Apparently not. Right. So Caroline Noakes, Immigration Minister, has uh-huh. been about this week and she was asked by the, I'm sure, very, very exciting Northern Ireland Affairs Committee. Yes. Um, which I'm sure comes across your desk very very often um you know what what's what's going to happen after brexit um you know she was asked uh whether irish citizens resident in great britain would have the right to remain after brexit with all the benefits and privileges they enjoy now and she gave a one-word answer and she said yes right um well that's interesting isn't it yeah it is interesting it is interesting what is potentially a bit worrying is um her general irish knowledge she did admit she'd never read the good friday agreement right um and have you read it uh, no but i'm not an immigration minister <laughs> appearing before the northern Ireland affairs committee would you have if you were to appear before the committee Absolutely. you know as well as i do i always do my research and i always turn up prepared richard absolutely <laughs> um, and um yeah and she also wrongly said that irish citizens had to be treated as third country nationals in northern ireland right which isn't true either no but either way she gave this unequivocal kind of statement that, yeah, things are going to be the same after Okay, Brexit. so that's very reassuring. Yes. Brilliant. Great, you would think, wouldn't you? Is there you? a book coming? <laughs> Is there what, a book? What, what, what gave it away? <laughs> um, 
so this these rights and this common travel area that I spoke about it's a political agreement yeah so it's non-binding there are no legal rights so the fear for... is that when Theresa May starts obsessing about those tens of thousands again mm-hmm. exactly and the government doesn't seem to realise that if they're going to make this promise then new new le- legislation is is going to be is going to be needed you know um in the position paper on Ireland last last summer, uh, you know this it was mentioned, but it's 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 not good enough because it isn't legislation. So it should really be catered for in the withdrawal bill. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It needs to be covered. You know the the problems over Ireland and the border and a hard border or, or whatever have been causing enough issues already. So do you think that the do you think that the government think that? This, which is goodwill, really, isn't it? Uh, it? It is enough to sort of smooth the Irish over. I mean, it's not, is it? Because obviously the border issue is a big deal. Yeah, the border issue is a big deal, and I think they do think it's enough to smooth over. But look, this is really worrying because there is actually going to be nothing to legally prevent Britain from excluding or deporting Irish passport holders from the yeah. north as well. And so, that, and that might, well, that quite yeah. and that might not be. That might not be this government, but it's if it's not put into law, then there are governments to come. Mm-hmm. And that includes, by the way, those who were born in Northern Ireland but are Irish passport holders. Right. There would be nothing legally to stop the British government saying, right, off you go to the Republic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all of this would have seemed a bit kind of pie-in-the-sky mad until recently. Because yes, it of course. almost... Stinks of Windrush, doesn't it? Well, you can see, you can, you can see, see a the, scandal yeah. <laughs> yeah. emerging on the horizon. I, I can't see a you? scandal in the distance. Yeah. Um, so, what should you do then? It, you know, it's all well and good saying that um, that the rights are going to be be maintained, but you can't blame the Irish people for not really trusting a word this government says. Yeah. On Brexit, I think they need to get it into that withdrawal. Well, they need to get legislation through if they're really serious about about guaranteeing these rights. There are there are people um, actually campaigning on it, like um, Connor McGinn, who is a Labour MP, um, who is saying, you know, this this does need to be need to be um, pinned down. But there's so many bits of Brexit legislation already. I don't really see how they're going to get it around and in time. You, no, quite. And then you think that they're probably just thinking, don't worry about it, it'll all be fine. Yeah. We'll get this legislation through, then it'll be long grass. Yeah. And then five years' time, scandal. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is is that while we're on Ireland, it's it's kind of... There have been suggestions that Brexit itself is pushing Ireland towards reunite, uh, reunification anyway. Oh, absolutely. Mr Corbyn's been out there, hasn't absolutely. he? Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, you're not going to be any great shock that he believes in the United Ireland. But... Well, no, no, no. But, you know, it's, it's kind of this this Irish question is rumbling on and on and on in various in various forms. And Well, I mean, the Irish border is now the... the has framed the whole of the Brexit negotiations. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But, yeah, I mean, do, do you... I've been writing about Ireland today. Do you... And I was trying to remember from the referendum campaign if there was any real in-depth discussion about the Irish border, and I can't really remember there, but I think there was in Ireland. From yes, Britain. yeah. But here... You haven't heard that much about it. Well, um, buses, wasn't it? When you have heard it, it's been compared to Scotland and how Scotland didn't want to leave the Union and how that means Northern Ireland won't leave the Union, but Northern Ireland isn't Scotland. No, no. And that, was, that was Jacob Rees-Mogg who said... Um, that you know that Scotland didn't want to leave, so Northern Ireland won't either. But I think it's a completely different issue, and I don't think you can, you can, you know, um, compare the two. I think if I think if the government said now that they would legislate for this, that would be a good start. Absolutely, I think. I mean, the, the border issue. Basically, what I've been writing about today is how it is imperative that the we remain in the customs union, mm-hmm. the customs union, not a yeah. For a longer period yeah. after after Brexit, yeah, because it all comes down to this: the Irish border. We've we've spent too long, and too many people have died. Right, I'm not suggesting that if the I'm not suggesting that 
people are going to start shooting each other no, again. No. Bombs are going to start going off again. But it is too fragile and too delicate to rush. And if that means and staying in the customs union um, for a longer period, or indeed indefinitely, mm-hmm. then that is far more important than uh, than than rushing to try and find some botched solution for the Irish border just so we can get it through to some, you know, uh, arbitrary date yeah. when you know Independence Day yeah. or whatever, some 100%. nonsense like that. And you know, there've been whisperings of a poll on the Irish border and stuff like that. And you, you know, you talk about people people dying. I think any kind of poll on it would be way more destabilizing and you know fraught with fraught with pressure than than anything beyond the Scottish referendum. So to compare the two, it's completely wrong. I think the bottom line for me is there are around 380,000 Irish nationals in Britain alone. Right. And new legislation is going to be the only way to, to you know, protect protect their rights, which should be protected. It absolutely seems to make sense. Um, but the, but there's, there's, I mean, there's been no mention of it, no appetite for it. Until now. Until now. Look at us go. Very Scott exclusive. <laughs> Um, well, that's fascinating stuff. I mean, what, do, do you agree with the... Uh, it looks like Theresa May is going to go to the Cabinet and say, right, 2023, earliest for leaving the Customs mm-hmm, Union. Mm-hmm. That will keep the Remainers happy-ish. Mm-hmm. And, as happy as we can be. And she will say to the Brexiteers, but then we will definitely leave. Yeah. That's not a bad result, probably, for us, is it? Because you're thinking, well, right, so that's five years away. Yeah. A lot can change in five years. A lot will change in five years. A lot has changed in the last five years. A lot has changed in the last five months. Yep. But, I mean, it, it does seem to be a sensible decision from Theresa May. I mean, she completely painted herself into a corner by, as soon as becoming Prime Minister, saying, we're leaving the single market, we're leaving the customs union, Brexit means Brexit. By this date, stupid. Yeah, absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. She gave herself no wiggle room whatsoever. It was really naive of her. But now, maybe, she's come into some kind of solution which will not please everyone or anyone in fact but does seem like she's got to a point where she's making the best of a a very bad situation yeah and i agree and i think she is making the best of a bad situation but i have very little sympathy because it's a bad situation that she's made herself yes it is rather of her own doing okay well we'll watch this space of course on the irish border jerry as always thank you very much Exeter of the week. Steve, welcome back. I'm back. Back, he's back. Back, back, back with a bang, bang, bang. Yeah, hey, look, look who's out there, looking in, all sorrowful. Is it Theresa May? No, it's Neil Perry. Oh, Neil Perry, yeah. I had to shoot him. He thought he was. He thought, <laughs> oh. he, thought he was in, didn't he? Thought he was hot he stuff. Thought he was week, it. Didn't he? It was hot stuff. But Steve's back. I'm back with Brexiteer of the week. Should we, should we talk about um, Daniel Hannan? Yes. First of all, the brain Han- of Brexit. Nan 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 Nan. Yeah. Dan Hanan, the man, um, he he had a little rant on Twitter, didn't he, about banana tariffs? He became very oh, yeah. excited about banana tariffs, yeah. uh, and it all turned out to be a bit of a banana skin for him. <laughs> He's Dan Hanan is known, or Hanan is known as the brain of Brexit. Isn't yeah. he? I don't know who yeah. call, has called him this. I suspect it, it possibly himself. I think he does his own wiki page. Or Mrs. Hanan. Yeah. Um, anyway, he he started ranting on that. Banana tariffs were costing you and me, and you, yeah. listener, dear listener at home, 114 euros per tonne. Oh, my God. And then somebody worked out that, well, that's really scandalous because it's 1.5p per banana. Yeah. And then somebody else went, actually, there's no tariffs at all on African, Caribbean, and Pacific bananas. And the reason that there is a tariff is... That's all the tariffs are on Latin American bananas, and Latin American bananas are produced by the, the big banana giants. Yeah, and there's a tariff in place on them to help uh, the Commonwealth producers, and the EU introduced it because we sort of suggested it. Yeah, um, so it's, it was introduced after lobbying by Britain and France to help Commonwealth countries uh, be able to compete with the Latin Americans and um, the, the old French colonies. Um, and if only there was an adjective, perhaps based on <laughs> curved yellow fruit, to describe just how uh, mad Dan Hanan is about we could, Brexit. We could call him Banana Man. Banana Dan Hanan. Yeah. Banana Man Dan Hanan. But I tell you what, of all the um, superhero reboots, it's Banana Man that needs one. What about Super Gran? 
Oh yeah, Super Gran. Was she good. was good, wasn't she? Yeah, she was, yeah. But she wasn't really a gran either. She was about twenty-five or something. Was she? Yeah, I wiki it a while ago. Yeah. Could you get away now with the um, the lyric? She makes them look like a bunch of fairies. She's got more bottle than United Dairies. <laughs> I don't think you could. Now, probably not. Probably in not. The different times. Maybe in Scotland. They? Was it Billy Connolly that sang that theme tune? Oh, I think it might have been, yeah. Don't wanna cause a ruckus with B.A. Baracus. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was a Yeah, show. magic. Anyway, Matt Ridley, should we talk about him? Yes, do. Um, remember back in 2013 when Owen Patterson was the Environment Minister and they said, why is your badger call not worked? Your call of the badgers. Yeah, yeah, and he said, the badgers have moved the goalposts. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the best ever... Um, a political quote involving little animals and stuff like that. But Matt Ridley, who's a Tory peer and a journalist and he's an economist, uh, wrote in The Spectator last week, and the headline of it, it reminded me of Owen Patterson, and it said, Eradicating South Georgia's rats proves we can do anything, even Brexit. (laughs) (laughs) Even reading it out is making me laugh. Um, and it's very similar, isn't it? Because on the one hand, one is just this huge, hugely complex thing. It involves us, you know, extricating ourselves from like 43 or 48 years of union and all yeah. our systems. And it involves the fates of billions of pounds and hundreds of thousands of, of uh, you know, EU nationals and British nationals and millions of other people. And then that's on one side. And then on the other side is just... You know how they eradicated these rats, by the way? It's incredibly complex. Go on. They bought 10 million quid's worth of rat poison and three helicopters and dropped the rat poison from the helicopters all over a small island in the South Pacific. Oh, my God, but what about all the cats and stuff? Well, it's rat. They don't, they're not attracted to it, only rats. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a, I Cats had a, don't like rat poison. But I had a, It's got a picture of a rat on the box. They go, oh, no, it's not for us. Not for us. But, but yeah. I, I, I had to not buy some rat tibbles. poison. for us, Tibbles. I had to buy some rat poison about two years ago. There was a massive rat um, in my back garden. Was there? Yeah, massive I was hoping thing. you were going to say it was in your kitchen. No, no. Never had rats in the kitchen. And uh, <laughs> But if you want to sing the song, oh, yeah, it. it's fine. Um, and and they, would, they told me to keep my little dog away from it because it would kill him. Well, he... Yeah. Dogs staffed, are they? Dogs are stupid. So what about the dogs then? Well, I don't think there are that many dogs anyway. They probably get told to keep your dogs indoors, don't you? What would... <laughs> yeah, all right, I suppose so. I'm worried about this as a, as a ploy. Anyway, I thought it's worth pointing out that Matt Ridley is uh, a real... He's an expert on when it, comes to, in, when it comes to eradicating things because in 2007 he was the chairman of Northern Rock when it was bailed <laughs> out by the government and that successfully eradicated 400 million quid's worth of your and my... Money. Yeah, thanks, Matt. So cheers, Matt. Uh, Gerard Batten, I thought we could discuss uh, at more length next week the amazing Carry On Brussels documentary, um, uh, which was shown on Channel 4, I believe. Yeah. But I did want to mention Gerard Batten because they, they you saw it in the sort of pre-release material that they put out. Um, and... Gerard Batten, if, that, if, if you don't know who Gerard Batten is, I, I envy you, but he's the leader <laughs> of UKIP. Anyway, seen in this documentary, um, uh, and as the leader of the party, which totally berates babies and uh, crybabies and snowflakes, Gerard Batten is seen making a speech in the EU Parliament. He goes, he keeps cutting to the clock, he's supposed to speak for 60 seconds. After three and a half minutes, yeah. they have, have, and they're interrupting him, saying, we're going to have to cut you off here. They cut him off, and then he storms out of the EU Parliament, taking his papers with him and his stupid little flag, and he starts pointing his finger um, in the face of a woman nearby and saying, when one of the lefties in favour of the EU go over, that's OK. And he's just spoken for two and a half minutes, longer than he was supposed to. So, and did he have anything reasonable to say? No, of course not. Well, of course not. Even let him speak for 60 so seconds. he should just shut up and get on with it, shouldn't he? Um, Michael Gove. He was really, very nearly the Brexiteer of the week for me. The Gover? Because the Gove resurgence, which I think is Matt Damon's in, isn't he? <laughs> um, <laughs> the wheels have come off a little bit, haven't they? But it's, I think it's over, isn't it? Well, he's very polite. He's a very polite man. He, they invited him to speak at the launch of a 
Tory think tank called yeah. Onward, didn't they? That's right. Which yeah, is Onward. a sort of, it's like the groovy gang of the Tories, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> hey, hey kids, we're the, hey, hey, we're the Tories and we've got something to say. Uh, there's a down with the kids there, aren't they? How old is that? 50 odd years? Anyway. Um, and he made this amazing speech. First of all, he said identity politics uh, and people who wanted to divide society in contending groups uh, were bad. Bad. Um, yeah, sad, bad, uh, which sort of made me think back to all the things he said about Turkey and the, you know, the referendum campaign. Um, he also said that Britain was a friendlier place towards migrants since the referendum campaign, which I thought was a remarkable thing to say. Anyway, he talked about Meghan Markle, didn't he? Yeah. You know what he said she had? An exotic background. She has an exotic background. Yeah. I just, like, it's, it's like... Ooh, with her exotic background. Oh. I mean, she's from California, mate. That's not very exotic, is it? Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, uh, and then... Um, Ruth Davidson, who made a good speech, um, as she normally does, was also with um, Michael Gove and speaking in the, on the same bill. And he described himself as being the Ike Turner to Ruth Davidson's Tina Turner, which is probably the first time... Oh, we were just waving for the camera. Yeah. Um, it's probably the first time a serving cabinet minister has ever joked about being like a cocaine <laughs> addict who's famous for beating the out of his wife. Just madness. Um, but Do you there think you he'd go. Had a, had he had a, a couple of shirts. He's only a little man, isn't he? I mean, he can't. Yeah. I don't reckon he can handle his ale. No. Do you reckon he'd had it? Think it's one sniff of the barmaid's apron. Oh well. And he's away. No, and I'm like Ike Turner, me. <laughs> I f- love you. Love. Uh, I love you. You're my best friend. Oh no. Oh, I, I reckon he. I reckon maybe he had half an hour to kill, and he thought, oh, just have a. I do. I, I say, I'll hold the door for these people, and then, oh, I'm in the bar. I'll just have, I'll have one of those ales. Does he become drunk by surprise? Yeah, I think he's. I think that's what that happens to me most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happened to me last night, funnily enough. Um, Jacob Rees-Mogg, the old Professor Yaffle of Brexit. Yeah. He was also nearly the uh, Brexiteer of the week. I don't know if you saw this sort of teary-eyed interview that he did in the Telegraph moaning about how his precious Brexit was all going wrong. And he said, the horizon seems to be unreachable, the bottom of the rainbow seems to be unattainable. It's beautiful. And I'd just like to point out that <laughs> by the nature of the horizon, it is unreachable, and the bottom of the rainbow, since it doesn't really exist, is also unattainable. And is Jacob Rees-Mogg the oldest man to... Did they not do this in the Victorian era well, at school? Maybe not, but all, well, he, he, he probably still thinks the uh, world is flat. Doesn't he? <laughs> well, that's but, true. Yeah, but the um, everything is but reachable. Let's face it, you know, fifty-two percent of the country voted for something which is indeed like chasing the horizon and yeah. finding the bottom of the rainbow. That it sounds to me like uh, he is returneth to his folly there, or indeed as a dog <laughs> returneth to his vomit. Um, there you go. You can't reach the bottom of the rainbow, and it's the end of the rainbow I know, anyway. I know. No one that says the bottom sense. somewhere over the bottom of the rainbow. No one Rain- says it. Rainbow's bottom. Uh, he was going to be the, 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 the Brexiteer of the week, and then I noticed uh, a company who were selling their, their beer on Amazon. Oh, uh, maybe that's what Gover had been drinking. And they're called the Brexit Beverages Company. Oh, it's brilliant. And I they- like though. I like that people like us yeah. have seized on a. A commercial opportunity. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're only in this for the the lols and the dough. Yeah. Um, so um, pod sponsorship deal. Yeah, that's it. Just yeah. around the corner. Um, maybe the beverage Brexit, uh, the Brexit Beverages Company, BBC. It's clever, isn't it? So Good. Yeah. Maybe they could sponsor it. They have put out a premium export lager, uh, and I looked. I was looking at this, and um, and it, it's got. A list of ingredients on the bottom of the the, the back of the, the bottom of the rainbow, on the back of the, the the bottle. Is that all you find when you get to the bottom of the rainbow? Just a list of ingredients. A list of ingredients, yeah. <laughs> and do you know what the, the ingredients of the um, Great British uh, of the Brexit beverages, Brexit premium export lager? Listen, are? if I'm a Brexity lager drinker, yeah, I would expect this to be 100% British beer. The good news is that it's got water from. England in it, right. The bad news is the yeast is from Switzerland, and the hops are Styrian Golding hops, and they're from Aust- Austria and Slovenia. Oh my god! So it's not really that Brexity, is it? Oh my god! 
But one drinker was really enthusiastic, and she wrote in the reviews <laughs> section, it was a real treat to drink the Brexit lager, in capitals. <laughs> I recommend it to everybody. Five-star lager, in capitals. Three exclamation marks. And she, she loved it. She loved it. Just and your she, average punter, yeah? And she was just, yeah, yeah. And she signed herself only Tatiana. 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 Drink, yeah. And I'm sure she's no relation whatsoever to Mrs. Tatiana Valstein, who is a director of the Brexit Beverages Company. Oh. Oh. So the Brexit Beer and the Brexit Beverages Company, they are our Brexiteers of the Week. And if you'd like to send us some of your very European beer, yeah. then you can easily find we our address. We don't mind the hot beer from Slovenia. <laughs> Absolutely not. We can drink some live on air next week. Yeah, we could do a taste test. What should the listener do right now? Please uh, give us a great review and all the stars uh, on your podcatcher of choice, um, iTunes, Spotify... Mm-hmm. Uh, audio boom wherever you find us basically uh, and you can follow me on twitter if you like i'm at sanglesey s-a-n-g-l-e-s-e-y follow the new european on twitter at the new european uh, you can follow us on facebook too or you could join our facebook readers group or you can follow me on twitter at porritz p-o-r-r-i-t-t yay That was the New European Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, it means the absolute world to us. Now, if you haven't already, go out and buy the paper. It's a cracker. You will see it from the brilliant front cover. Um, it's £2.50, and it's got lots of politics, lots of Brexit, but also lots and lots of art and culture. There is a fantastic set piece by Anthony Clavin on Liverpool this week. We'll be back next week. Until then, Alistair Campbell, please play your bagpipes. someone dude nothing nothing you're suggesting that i should stop using the term dude yeah really yeah it's not cool what be, am i too old to use the term dude no it, it no but no one young uses the term dude <laughs> do they <laughs> all right planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.